is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. I'm really glad to be hanging out here for our recharge, and uh, we've got sort of a um, what could be a fun topic, I think, today, um, rookie mistakes. That's right, man. I I tell you, there's like, I remember, um, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, um, I had a there was a church that uh, that was nearby that had a super um, a super veteran, right? The guy had been in youth ministry for like 25 years, and at that church for over 10 years. And, um, and he left, he went to do bigger, better, amazing things. And then they hired a person who this was their first youth ministry job. And I remember talking to a friend and saying, Hey, I hope they know what's going on, what's going to happen. Right. Cause there's, there's several things that are most likely going to happen, especially if that person doesn't have a mentor or coach or whatever. And it was less than a year later that uh, they let the person go. And one of the reasons that they let go was something that I had mentioned to my friend. They were like, what do you mean? There's going to be some things happen. And I was like, well, they're probably going to change the program times quickly and without much notice. Right. Ah, Yes. Uh, That, that is a big one on the list. Right. Because you get there and some random person or people, multiple people sometimes are going to sit there and say, you know what, this time that we've been doing youth group at at our church for the last 30 years, it's just so inconvenient. And that person, the new person is going to say, wow, yeah, it sounds like it. This is inconvenient. Let's change it next week. (laughs) And, And I say that because that's exactly what I did. (laughs) <laughs> that was one of my big mistakes early on. We changed it. We we changed it like uh, an hour uh, later, and uh, did, we told everybody who was there. We didn't even think about telling anybody else. And um, in the next week, students showed up at the normal time, mm-hmm. and uh, nobody was ready for them. And then. Of course, when the pastor told me that it was a bad idea, I immediately changed it back two weeks later, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, again, changing the program time without much notice. And it was the that's the one of the worst things you can do, because people start feeling like they don't know when stuff actually happens and they hate showing up. And nobody being there or in the middle of a program or whatever happens. And it takes a long time to uh, to get that back to where everybody feels like they when it is and that kind of stuff. So if you feel like you need to change a time uh, of like a recurring program, you've got to get buy in from everybody. You've got to you've got to give lots of notice send out every kind of communication, all of the things um, before you actually make that time change. Yeah, I I was going to say that the rookie mistake in that story was not that new person listening, right? Like part of getting started is 
making yourself available and and listening to feedback from, you know, not only the students and families and parents that are active, but also trying to put yourself in situations where you can hear from volunteers or from people who aren't as active about why they're not active. Um, But the rookie mistake was um, making that time change too fast and with like little to no communication about it. Right. Um, Right. And when you talked about the way that that makes people feel, uh, it really resonated with some of the experiences that I had in youth ministry. Right. Because um, we spend a lot of time thinking about how, you know, we want to create a space where young people can feel included, right. That, that they are part of part of the group, right. They are part of the inside group. And when you create a dynamic about schedule where some people know, and some people don't know, all of a sudden you've got mm. people that feel like they're informed and they're in the know and they're part of the inside group. And then the people that feel left out, not because they didn't do anything that they didn't normally do, but right. because the things around them changed without them realizing it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a great yeah. example of a rookie mistake, changing change in schedule pieces too fast. All right, Chris, what about you? You got a, you got a rookie mistake up up under your sleeve there? Um, many of them, um, the, uh, if we were looking for a Latin term for them, right? Like via negativa might be the way that, that we can talk about these things, right? It's when you make a mistake, it's those formative experiences that are based on negative personal experiences that cause you to do something different in the future. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I might lift up is when you're in youth ministry or young adult, or I mean, really any age level ministry, um, being great with one set of stakeholders doesn't really mean mm-hmm. that you're going to be successful across the board. And and by that, right. I mean, I'll specifically focus on youth ministry because here we are in, in the youth worker recharge. Um, if you That's are right. doing youth ministry, you probably felt a calling to work with young people right? To help them mature in their faith, discover what it means to be a disciple, to be world changers, those sorts of things. And so you almost immediately want to put all of your energy into the young people, right? Into the youth. And it is really important to have good energy um, and good opportunities to grow and lead and serve alongside young people. But youth ministry is not just about youth, right? Like it is not the only thing. Right. So one of the rookie mistakes that that I certainly made and that I've seen in other places um, is forgetting that there's these other really important components to youth ministry, right? Um, right. Spending time with volunteers and really cultivating those relationships and building up mm-hmm. um, some relational capital with other people who care about your ministry is a huge yes. deal. Um, so, so be great with youth. Yes. Be great with volunteers. Yes. Um, also be willing to invest some time and energy with parents, right. Um, in order to be able to, to kind of hear needs, but also build support so that you've got people backing you up, uh, in the choices that you're going to make as a part of your youth ministry planning. Right. Um, if, if the only place that you are hearing feedback or the only place that you're getting ideas, uh, is from youth that are currently involved in your youth group. You're missing out on the feedback from those volunteers, from other church staff, from the parents that help lead um, those youth. And you're also missing out on the feedback from youth that aren't yet plugged in or commu- uh, or part of your community. Right. So I know it sounds like a challenge, but you got to figure out the right way to balance and organize your time so that you're not pouring all of your energy just into that one bucket of youth directly. Does that make some sense? Yeah. 
You know, that's a hundred percent true, right? You've got to, it's uh, a lot of people come in to that, uh, to youth ministry, great with teenagers um, and the learning, uh, the sort of learning curve is being great with volunteers, parents, other staff people, right? Um, and uh, that's that's so huge. And, and to link back to the hiring story you told before you jump into your next one, right? Like uh, I am picturing that person who got hired um, being fairly young because this was their first youth ministry position, right? Yes. So yep. they may have been great with youth, right? They may have been great with young people. Uh, but still needed to have this kind of focus in some other places as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's one of those, um, it, it's hard to know what you don't know. Um, but I, you know, I think another really important piece of all of this is the, um, is, is, is understanding that relationship dynamic, right? So you come in, you're great with teenagers, um, but it's really important to understand that, that when you're being great with teenagers, uh, that that you have a different relationship, right? A different type of relationship that you're engaging in. You are not their friend. Um, you are now their pastor. Um, or, uh, you know, if you don't want to use the pastor word, you are their mentor. And that's very different than being a friend. Um, uh, they uh, they have most teenagers, whether they recognize it or not, they have um, friends. Uh, and and if you are really young in youth ministry, you can sometimes even feel like a friend if you're if you just graduated from college or whatever, and, and you're dealing with high school seniors, you can be pretty close in age and in life stage to them, mm -hmm. uh, but you are not their friend. And, and it's really important um, for you to make a clear line between the kind of things that you would do with friends and the kind of things you do with the, the teens in your youth group, right? We don't hang out together um, in the same way. We don't, you know, when I'm wanting to have my sort of friendship relationship needs met, I'm not going to call up teenagers to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to find people my own age or close to my own age. And, and that's where that's going to happen. And, and that's important. So to think sort of in your own mind, like I am not their friend, I am their mentor. And then also to sort of use that language and to make sure other people are not positioning it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've again, been around people who end up, who start using the friend, um, friend word to describe the students in their group. And like, oh, I'm just going to take, take my friends and go to a movie or I'm going to take my youth group friends and we're going to go to whatever. And, um, and in fact, every time I've ever heard that somebody used that it's been, it's ended up them uh, being let go because they had crossed relational boundaries that they shouldn't cross mm. um, because we just we can get into an inappropriate relationship um, mindset that makes it easy to, to sort of slip into some habits and patterns of being and thinking that that are ultimately not not good right yeah so making sure that you stay you stay in your lane with that relationship it's making me think of a couple of things and i'm so glad that you brought this up i mean 
<clears throat> boundaries, right? Like boundary settings right. for a rookie youth worker are huge because for the sake of work-life balance, um, that is one of those things that I, I think I have seen over and over and over. Um, right. And not necessarily relationship-wise, but just you know, losing yourself because you have immersed everything that you are and everything, you know, everybody who you are into this expression of youth ministry. And yep. it becomes unhealthy because you don't have um, time for yourself. You don't have time to be able to take care of those relationships that are friends, that are family, right. um, things that are around the house, right? Like um, th there is a time and a place for being able to sacrifice and kind of go the extra mile and do some extra things. But it's right. not all the time. It it burns out real, real fast. And so that that's one piece that that your comment made me really think of. Um, <clears throat> another one is, you know, it's just really coming back to it to double down and encourage people to look at the job description that they have um, yep. of youth ministry at their church. And nowhere in that job description is it going to say, you are paid to be youth's friends, right? Like you no. are not paid to be a youth's friend in your role. Um, mm. and <laughs> you just got to be able to keep coming back to that, right? Um, that you're in a yeah. leadership position and there's a power dynamic because of who you are as a leader. Uh, and even mm. if it's only a couple of years uh, of age difference, you are older and in that position yep. of responsibility. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you bring that one up. Um, this one might be a little bit related and it has to do with, um, uh, rookie youth leaders trying to be something that they're not. Um, uh, yes. and I think, I think the example I might bring up is like counseling, right? Since we did kind of go that Perfect. direction in terms of boundaries, right. And, and you are going to be ministering with youth when they are in some vulnerable situations, right? Like, um, yeah. uh, th there ended up being a running joke in, in one of my youth ministries, that, you know, it, it wasn't a mission trip experience until at least this many people cried, right? Because of what they experienced. <laughs> right. um, but you don't even have to be in a mission trip setting for for that sort of emotional response with young people, right? If, if you have a youth um, who is, you know, either working with mental health issues or finding themselves in a place where they are constantly seeking out you as the youth leader for their counselor or to be counseled by you, um, mm -hmm. you've got to start to be aware of that pattern and know when something is just outside of the scope of who you are, right? If, if you are yeah. not trained as a counselor, um, I think it is fully appropriate and honoring of the connection that you might have with a young person to, um, you know, be able to listen up front, you know, once or twice, and then know when to refer, right? Like when yeah. to be able to say, listen, I care, I care about you a lot. And the stuff that it sounds like you're going through is something that like, I can try to walk alongside you with, but if you're looking to me for advice, mm -hmm. I don't know if I have it. Um, or, right. or that it wouldn't be appropriate for me to be able to give to you. Right. Um, so I, I don't know if you can think of any other examples when you're, you're tried to be called or pushed oh, yeah. something that you're not counseling is a serious one for me, I guess a funny one would have been musicianship. Like, Right. Uh, no, that's, I have that's zero musical happens. talent. And so if anybody ever was like, you know what, Chris, you should start the youth worship music band. I'd be like, no, you do not want that because right. we want people to still come. <laughs> no. And I think the same kind of thing can go for uh, preaching or teaching or sure. writing curriculum. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, a lot of people, they are part time. They're a volunteer, right? Their day job is being an accountant. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and and you you don't have any sort of theological training or you know training in writing or in curriculum any of that kind of stuff and uh, and you some of them will come you know when I've talked to them they'll say like I just don't know if I can do this because I can't teach the Bible I can't you know whatever um, and and they're in some ways they're right like they are not equipped to preach a sermon right they are not equipped to to write a lesson out of the blue right mm-hmm. um but they don't have to do that right you you don't have to preach in fact i think most most preaching that happens in youth ministry is just as bad as the preaching that's happening in a lot of churches right it's it's just you don't have to do that right there there you don't have to write curriculum all of that those things are solved problems with people who have training and experience in all of those things mm-hmm. um and so finding trusted sources um where you can download those kinds of lessons um or uh or sermon kind of things i think of uh, Amplify Media. I think of the youth worship series that we release here with Discipleship Ministries, right? All of all of that kind of stuff. You don't have to do that. You can just be good at leading groups and and stay in your lane with counseling stuff, right? All of that. You don't have to do all those things. Yeah, I mean, you you can really be good at connecting with the people that are in your orbit, right? Um, and knowing mm-hmm. the context that you're doing ministry and, um, do not feel like you have to write your own lesson plans, right? Like, do not feel like you have to deliver a, a just, you know, altar call style sermon that everybody's going to respond to. Um, right. and Jeremy and I can, can back that up because we, we actually both have had former youth join us right on the youth worker recharge a couple of times. And mm-hmm. when we asked them about, you know, some of their greatest memories, in our youth ministries. Uh, I don't think any of them to this point has been like, you know what, that one worship series that we did on da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't what it was about, right? It, it was about the relationship and the connection and the presence. So, you know, doing uh, something that maybe would not be a rookie mistake, but like, um, let's see, I'm going to try to figure out the way to phrase this thing. A rookie mistake might be continuing to do youth ministry as if you were one of the youth. Yes. That makes sense, right? right? Like when somebody gets hired and when they start, um, often one of the things I've seen is that people like to replicate the really Uh positive experiences that they had as a youth um, when they're in a position of leadership. And I do think that there's a time and a place for that. But again, going back to who you are and knowing good boundaries, um, (laughs) <laughs> planning and executing youth ministry activities or events is a whole lot different than being on the the youth side or the receiving side of those organizing efforts. So um, yeah. if, if people, it, when they get started in youth ministry, if they're looking for the same things that were meaningful to them when they were a youth, they're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Because the joys and the amazing stuff that comes out of ministry when you're leading one and when you're the organizer are very different than when you're on the experiential and the receiving end. Yeah. And I think the other piece that sort of goes along with that is um, every church has its own culture. 
Mm-hmm. They had their own traditions. They had their own um, pilgrimages that they make to places that have been sacred to their people for generations. And some of those are church camps. Some of those are uh, fun trips to the beach, you know, and, and one of the biggest rookie mistakes I think is killing off really great things because Mm. like you said, it wasn't something you did when you were in youth. Um, You know, I think for most youth workers, the absolute best thing that you can do is to go an entire year when you first start somewhere without changing anything that is not on fire. Right. (laughs) Um, Sometimes you walk in the door and something is on fire and everybody's like, help us put out this fire. Yes. Change that, fix that, whatever. But, but if you really liked uh, when you were growing up going to ski on a ski worship trip um, in January and they go on a beach worship trip, do not cancel the beach worship trip and take try to take them skiing um, for a couple of reasons. I had a I had a friend who who walked into a church who had been going to the exact same camp, exact same summer camp every single summer for their entire everything, and he knew that he did not he did not want to go there, but he knew that he was also not supposed to change something that significant in his first year, so he didn't change it. He went along for their lame summer camp at the lame place that they had always been going. And at the end of that week, he was different. He was like, I don't understand it, but this was really powerful for for our students. (laughs) Yeah. And he ended up going back to that same lame camp every year for, I don't know. It's been, it's been probably 20 years now. He's still, at that church he's still going there um and because you don't know right um and you have biases that you you can't and 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 if he had actually made it to that camp and it had been as lame as he thought it was going to be it's a lot easier to sell that change after you have gone and made the pilgrimage and seen it for yourself than um, then if you show up and say, nah, let's not go to that place. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. So closing thoughts, and I, I've got maybe two of them. <clears throat> One of them, okay. you know, when, when you do come into a youth ministry situation, and I think the words you used was like, when something is on fire, you deal with that fire. Right. Yeah. Um, so encouragement for, you know, those rookie youth workers, um, triage is a great word to be able to figure out how to use and apply to your ministry setting, right? Like it is ranking um, how desperately someone or something needs your help, right? Uh, And then making those priority lists off of, is this going to make a difference? Um, does, Does this person or situation really need my help that much? And will the difference that I make be significant enough that it's worth a lot of my energy right now? Um, uh-huh. so pay attention to those things that you can triage when you do come into a situation that there are several things on fire and you're trying to figure out what to do first. Cause if you try to do all of them at the same time, it's not going to work, right? Like you're going to burn yourself right. out and you won't be as effective in addressing any of the changes that you would really like to make when you're trying to do too many things yep. at once. Um, know that not everybody's going to love that approach or love that answer. Um, <laughs> but you are going to be able to say this, this is the thing that I'm focusing on right now. 
And I think uh-huh. and I'm doing that because I think it's going to make a big, big difference for the sake of our ministry or the sake of our church or those kind of things. Uh, the very last one that I might have uh, has to do with um, youth ministers feeling like they're in it all by themselves. Um, yeah. And I've been there, right? Like I, 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 there have been some lonely seasons as a part of my ministry life. Um, mm-hmm. the thing I would really encourage anybody, uh, rookie or not, you know, when you're in youth ministry, remember that, that there are other people out there that care about you, um, and that yeah. have your welfare at heart. Um, and that, that by sharing the low, the loads and burden of ministry, you, you make your own ministry life a little bit easier. So I, uh, I'll speak from my you know, history in the United Methodist church, but like, there's this connectional system that's out there, um, that, right. Um, every United Methodist church is part of a district, which is part of an annual conference. And so like there's natural networks that if they don't exist or you feel like they don't exist, um, have an opportunity to exist, right? Like there are other people doing your same, uh, youth ministry role in a whole nother church. And by getting to know them, um, not only will you find sort of like personal and spiritual support in some of the challenges that you might be coming up with, uh, you might find some really awesome like ministry and program support too by like professionally borrowing some of the best of each other's ideas. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's huge. Not not doing it all by yourself. And uh, you know, I think there you're able to. When you come together, you can leverage um, multiple churches, multiple pastors, multiple sets of resources to do some great things, right? Not only can it support you, but you can do some things as a group uh, that you can't do on your own. And honestly, if you look around the community or the geography where you serve, if there are, you know, resources from your conference office, from your district leadership, um, you got opportunities to come together for like a multi-church worship service or um, some kind of combined service days or those kinds of things as well. Those can be really, really cool. Um, Jeremy, thanks a ton. One of these days, since we did, once, since we did rookie mistakes, we might have to do like seasoned veteran veteran mistakes. mistakes, Don't you think? 100. Those yes, things that, that we just kind of keep finding ourselves doing for no reason. Keep um, doing But it. anyway, yeah, Jeremy, always fun to hang out with you on the Youth Worker Recharge. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> <laughs>